0: people, and welcome to the Glorious and the Mundane Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles, and I am so excited to finally get to introduce to you my friend, Megan Robertson, who I have actually talked about many times, whether I've (laughs) mentioned your name. I know I've mentioned your name and I've told people about you, but I've probably talked about you as well without even mentioning your name. (laughs) (laughs) Probably so. Hey, everybody. Lots of stories. Yeah. Um, Oh, my goodness. And what I love, we were just talking earlier that Lauren Chandler actually is the one who first introduced us. She did. Yeah, at the
1: IF gathering. That's right. By the bathrooms.
0: (laughs) And we were just saying that was 2015. Mm -hmm. And you were living in Texas at the time, Abilene, Texas. Mm -hmm. And we were, I just remembered moving here that next summer or that coming summer of 2015. And I remember, um, I think Lauren and I were just like kind of milling out in kind of like a, just an area, maybe over by like the resource center or something. And she was like, "Hey, I want, I want you to, inter- I want to introduce you to my friend Megan." Well, the, you- this is actually how it happened. I'll okay. tell you. <laughs> I very much remember because
1: it was very much at that point bucket list to meet you. So I go strange. out to the bathroom at the perfect time, which I now know that it was like a God ordained moment, but. I walked out there and Lauren and I bumped into each other, and we just ran over and were like, oh my goodness, you know, hugged each other, <laughs> caught up for a second. And then I saw you, and I was like, I maybe you even interrupted her. Lauren, I'm sorry if I interrupted you. <laughs> I said, I know y'all are buddies. Can you introduce me? I've always wanted to meet her. And she's like, oh my gosh, of course. So she flagged you over. You came over. <laughs> I probably rambled something about how you like, you know, spiritually mothered me from a distance for all those years and you were just gracious and we hugged and took a picture and um so yeah, that's that's how that happened. I, I definitely flagged <laughs> you down. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted a chance to tell you face to face how
0: hmm. your
1: walk with God had inspired mine from a distance hmm. all those years. So it was like I may never see her face to face again, but I'm gonna use this opportunity to say that. And hmm. so I got to.
0: I love that yeah. so much. Uh, the picture that I used of Lauren and I from our interview just a few weeks ago or I don't remember when it actually aired, but you took that picture. I did. And yep. so and we have one from yes. that that same day. I may use that for this podcast. We'll see. But
1: <laughs> we look um, a few years younger in that picture, so maybe um, it's a good call to use. Totally.
0: That one. <laughs> totally. Um so you and your husband actually you migrated to Tennessee. Yes, we did. Tell me a little bit about that journey. What brought you here?
1: Yes, yeah, so we were on staff at a church in Texas for 12 years. And it started the month we got married, mm-hmm. so right from the get go of our marriage. And we um, had many roles at that church. He was the college pastor at one point, And then he um, we helped plant a campus at that church at one point, and so did different roles. But in the back of our minds and in our hearts and in our spirits, really, we knew that the long-term call was that God had put this very specific idea Mm -hmm. that we were supposed to help rebuild a church someday. Mm -hmm. And it was just so specific. And we never really even thought about how weird that was, that that was the specific (laughs) call. it
0: is really specific.
1: And so through a mutual friend um, who knew us and knew the call on our lives, He connected us here to a church in Franklin, so now my husband is the lead pastor of that church, and this is year three, so we're new Tennesseans, but (laughs) probably Tennesseans for life because we love it. I love it.
0: Well, I was hearing about your name in circles of friends, um, and I realized that at one point, we... Connected like, oh, I have met you. I have met you at if and all of that. Right. But also a neat connection was that you and Keith are at the church that Michael W. Smith and his wife started so yes. many years ago when Noah was a baby. Right. In fact, that was back when we were on Rockettown Records, which Michael W. started that label. And you didn't even know that, right? I Until didn't know like, that. we were having Chinese food one night. And, and, and you are like, wait, what? You were on Michael's
1: label? Yeah, we put right? it together later on, I believe. Um, but yeah, Michael W. Smith started this church. Um, I don't even know what year it was. It's been a yeah. long time ago. And um, they had been without a pastor for about a year and a half at this yeah. church before we came on the scene. Mm. But yeah, Michael W. and Debbie were responsible for us moving to Franklin and I guess ultimately you guys yes, that's right <laughs> moving that's to Franklin, right. which they are the most precious people. Yes. And you and I both have so much honor in our heart for them. They yeah. um we you know it's it's interesting when new leadership comes on the scene like we did. Mm-hmm. Um there's probably a lot of chance for ideas and ways of doing things that may or may not line up with the way that you would do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they've been nothing but Gracious, generous, um, with us. They still go to our church. They love us. They took us out to lunch on Sunday and brought my son a birthday present. I mean, they're just the real deal. They Mm -hmm. love Jesus, they love people. And so, yeah. I know it.
0: And you're also their chicken dealer, right? I am their chicken dealer. That's that's another that's the the plan B calling God had on my life. Like if the church
1: thing doesn't work out
0: You were my chicken dealer. I am well. a chicken
1: dealer. Oh my goodness. And you know, I'm I'm kind of like I might make people frustrated. I'm kind of what you consider like some people have like a derogatory phrase, like a, a backyard like I don't have like licenses or anything. So this is just like only for close friends. This is my like, you know, buffer. Um but yeah, I started keeping chickens in Texas.
0: (laughs) Meaning that you incubate chickens. I incubate chickens. (laughs) I
1: am that girl. Yes. I have incubated chickens in my kitchen many times. um, It was a way that my girls and I would bond through the years. And we love creation just like you and your girls do. We just love to be outside and keep a garden and the chickens. And so I'm not Mm -hmm. really sure. It was probably like watching Joanna Gaines do it with her girls. I was like, oh, you can do that. And so So we started it. And so I have literally supplied you with chickens and Michael W. Smith's chickens are your chicken cousins. (laughs) (laughs) I have so.
0: (laughs) So So, yeah,
1: it's just a random fact about my life that exists. So
0: I was, okay. So a year ago (laughs) was really when I got into all of it because it was right during like, we got all shut down for yes. the quarantine and all that, and so I was like calling you up, going, <laughs> "Okay, this is if I'm ever going to do this, this is the moment, you know." And but I was laughing so hard before you got here because I was thinking about the time that one of them, when he was sort of a teenager, which they like go through really <laughs> yeah, ugly. I I know what you're going like to say. Through really ugly stages, and I sent you a picture. And I mean, if we showed that picture, I mean, people would be like. Oh, my goodness. They would think I
1: shouldn't breed chickens anymore. Yes. He looked very sick.
0: He looked very sick. And he had this thing, which I was reading about, which later it ended up being like, it probably wasn't really what (laughs) I thought he he had, like, a blockage in his esophagus. And literally, he looks. Disgusting, and I remember like <laughs> we, so. His name is. We thought it was a girl, so we named it Willow. And then he turned into Willie, right? right. Because we're like, oh, I think it's maybe a boy. <laughs> and now he's a warrior because yes, is he still
1: alive? Well, Warrior went to live <laughs> with a different family <laughs> because Warrior's a alive rooster. Because Warrior's a rooster, I had too many. Yes, and people you live in like think a I'm the weirdest neighborhood like, person in the world. You're right not now.
0: even supposed to have roosters, but he. I remember you said you need to give him olive oil, <laughs> and and when I sent you this picture, like he was super greasy, and because I had like rubbed <laughs> it on the outside of of it, thinking it was like essential oil, like kind of you know like healing. Like, and you external. Were, like, you're like no, like you give it to him, like you feed him olive oil. Like,
1: put the oil on the inside, Christy. <laughs> he was
0: like gre- greasy with this big like thing. It's like a. It's like they're. It's called a crop. It's so gross. But basically, all it was was just food was stuck was stuck in his throat because he had
1: eaten too much. He was hungry. Yeah. And you literally brought him over to my house in this bird cage. <laughs> <laughs> he walked in the door, that, carrying this.
0: <laughs> which was in the cooking chicken, Yeah. It was like this real like Cinderella looking like. <laughs> oh my goodness! I have this a is, really funny mental this picture. Is real life. It's real life I really on the farm. Did. Bring him over. And you're like, can you like
1: he was take a this bird back? Well, I think I offered to take it back. I've done the same for Michael and Debbie. I'm like, if there's any ones that you don't want, let me make it easy on you. And um, so
0: you traded and then you got, I think, a hen out of the deal, right? So yes. it worked out good. Pepper pot. Pepper pot. She is alive and well. Yeah. And she is, I think, she's our biggest one because yours were outside, I think, earlier than mine were. And I think right. there's something to that because, yeah. Yours just, and you—you you have a bigger flock, and I just mm-hmm. think they were like in the flow. Yeah, and so we got a big old healthy hen, and now I've you know six hens. Somehow I got all girl yeah. birds. Yes, which I was ready for a rooster. We could have had one out here, but so yeah, that's been one of our big adventures. One of our little adventures together, and it's been really fun. They have. I've I've definitely texted you at weird hours of the night. Going, we've talked many this, many hours is about this chickens. <laughs> We have. And, you know, I have told people about that you were my big, you know, cheerleader with getting ducks. Yes. Hope and dream. I'm glad that it's turned out well for you and that you're not secretly mad at me for cheering that on. Yes. Yeah. I was for maybe a minute, but (laughs) when they were living in this room that we're in right now, which is the chapel and And the pink sack and play. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like more poop than I had ever Ever dealt with in my entire life, even as a mother. And, It was, Yeah, but it's been sweet. This morning I went out and fed them, and they start their little morning talking to me, and I can't help but smile every single time. So they bring me a lot of joy. So thank you for being my cheerleader with that. Um, And I will tell all of you that today actually was supposed to be—my guest was supposed to be Eric Hill, which is my brother. Uh, This chapter is the already of our story, and— I'll just be real with you. I've already been real with Megan because I basically put her on the spot and said, "Will you be my guest?" Because <laughs> Eric came honor. into town, and um, many of you know that my mom is up against a really hard fight with cancer, and we are really asking the Lord for wisdom in these days and. My brother came uh, he really could only stay from like nine to five. he drove in. We were supposed to record this episode last week, um, maybe even the week before that, but because of snow apocalypse and just all kinds of things um, just sort of um, you know out of our control um, you know we weren't able to record. Uh, Eric and I spent four hours with my mom and dad um, and we had even said, you know before he got here, hey, you know we'll take some time that evening. We'll sit face to face. We'll kind of get this conversation going. But I was telling Megan that uh, it it wasn't until my head was laid on the pillow that night that I realized, oh, we didn't do the podcast. And I think he and I forgot that I even do a podcast um, because we were here to be present Mm -hmm. in the moment with my mom and dad. And it was the sweetest time we... Uh, we laughed with them. We cried. We prayed. Um, at the end, we ended up, you know, really, Eric and I ended up on our knees and just holding mom and dad's hands. And and one of the things that Eric prayed, and this is, if you, if you were to follow Eric on his Instagram, you would see many posts by the fire at night, and he always just says, by fire, you'll find me. And when he prayed, um, you know, he was just saying that the fire always reminds him of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And um, as we just sat there in my mom and dad's little cottage, our little tiny living room, uh, dad had the fire roaring. And as it was just crackling as Eric was praying and and just all of us being present to the fact that he was with us. The Holy Spirit was there. He was with us in that moment and with us as we were being present, you know, to each other even as family and um so yeah, this morning I woke up and and I was kind of like what what am I going to do? I've got a podcast that needs to and I will say it could have been laid down. And um I talked to my team, I talked to Nathan and even talked to Megan and we called each other this morning and and I said I don't know if I have grace for this podcast even tomorrow, but I feel grace for it today. And so I felt the peace to walk into us recording today and being together around this message. And um, so I love that. And, you know, it's been—I told my patrons um, this through a little note that I sent them earlier today. And um, that, you know, living hour by hour has shown me that we're always not in control. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think— when we plan our steps and we you know just make our plans like normal um we're never not i mean we're never in control but sometimes it gives us the illusion that we are because it's like okay we plan things and those things often will come into fruition but i think sometimes it's a it's a real um gift even in the sorrow and even in the hardship to live hour by hour because um it's like i don't know if i can plan for that then but what it, What's happening right in the here and now and and I will say, um, megan, that you've been that friend in my life that is what's God saying in real time, and um I would love for you to just really kind of give a little bit of your just you don't have to go into details, but some of your story and you know it's so sweet that um God really did use. Some of my music, right? Like in the watermark days when you were like wearing keds in a windsuit. Absolutely. He did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to just um hear from you just a little bit about your story mm-hmm. and you know, we'll get into a little bit later of just you've been that friend that has helped me see God in the details. I mean, sometimes it's like dates and numbers and like, or yeah. do you realize that it was then, or it was a month ago today, or it was a year ago today, and mm-hmm. and just how God really is always speaking and He's always pursuing. And you've just been that friend to help me even um, clue into that and go like, do you see what He's doing? Do you hmm. see the, the, the dots connecting? And so I would love for you to first to just share a little bit about your story and maybe some of those times that um you were listening to Watermark in your did you have a, a walkman no you had a cd player oh no it's definitely
1: a- like a a discman or a, oh, like the radio yeah. i mean because because i lived in texas they probably played it in that region mm-hmm. maybe even on the local radio stations before they were like all over the united states i'm not sure
0: yeah totally
1: um oh, oh yeah okay so i have to just bring this full circle it's just to have a moment with you like it's fun it's a special moment because and to entertain your your listeners but <laughs> there was legitimately this reoccurring vision that I would have
0: mm.
1: of when I was in my vision I'm always wearing the classic white kids <laughs> and this windsuit and it was so vivid that I could like literally hear the swish of it <laughs> and it was um purple and blue i mean it was down to the detail and so this was back when I was like 14 mm. um which would have been 1996 and yeah. so ninety six, ninety seven. Mm-hmm. So y'all were just, I yeah. think, probably coming on the scene at that point. Mm-hmm. But there was just something in my spirit, I think, that knew before my brain even did. Like, mm-hmm. I needed your nurturing voice to follow. Like, it just—your mm-hmm. your way of expressing God through your music, which so much of it y'all wrote, or maybe all of it, the watermark mm-hmm. stuff you guys wrote, yeah. something about it just had— well, it had the Holy Spirit on it clearly, but it just, mm. there was a nurturing aspect of it. And, and, and like your life had, it spoke a roadmap. Like, this mm. is what a wife can look like. This is what a daughter can look like. This is what a, a mom can look mm. like. And this is what just a person who walks closely with God can look like. This is how she can express herself. Um, mm. And so, but yeah, <laughs> the Winsuit and CAD vision, I would have it like, this was the vision. It was very short, but I would, it would be reoccurring. Mm-hmm. And this is before I had language for the Spirit speaking at all. I mean, I was a little girl. Yeah. So I was my son's age now, and he's in eighth grade. Um, but I would see you, I would see myself walking towards you, and I would see this like event that we were at. It was like a gathering. So like, I mean, maybe even like the gathering, which mm-hmm. we've been at several times together at this point. Um, and there would always be like a crowd, and there would be like a backstage area, and you like had these heels on. <laughs> I could hear—I don't know why I was wearing kids, kids, and you were wearing heels, but just the authority, maybe, that you were walking mm. in. I could just remember like that feeling that you get, like when mm. somebody in charge walks down the hall. Like I remember that, and um, I would have these reoccurring—like it was the same reoccurring vision I would have of being with you. Mm. This is way long before I ever knew that I would actually meet you, but I just think it's so sweet how. The Lord was speaking things, and there was lots of recurring visions I had. That's one that you were in, but there was lots of things. He was speaking over me back then that were beyond my circumstances at the time. Yeah. There was a lot going on and um, just hard stuff in my childhood that, um, I mean, I I bless my parents. I love mm-hmm. them dearly, but they went through a, a really heartbreaking yeah. divorce, and um, just other circumstances that we that we went through that made it easier to identify with the heart of an orphan versus the heart of a daughter or the yeah. the heart of a, a um, you know a, a Jesus follower. And this, yeah. I mean, you know, I was so young. There was just something in me. Now looking back, like the Spirit of God was calling me and pursuing me. Mm. Um, I had memorized Psalm eighteen. Literally because it matched my birthday numbers Mm -hmm. when I was a little girl, like in third grade. and um,
0: It's like Psalm 37 5 for me. Yes. Or Psalm 37. Very (laughs)
1: much. I mean, it's very much been a life passage Mm -hmm. and very much a a true north for me. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents had us in Sunday school, and there was a teacher there who said... I want y'all to come back next week with your favorite scripture memorized and i did not have one Mm -hmm. (laughs) just a very literal little megan firstborn you know i don't know how old i was i thought i'll just pick one that matches my birthday august 1st 1982 okay psalm 18 1 and 2 and um and so it's the lord is my rock my fortress my deliverer my god my rock and whom i trust my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold and there's something about his pursuit of me that planted that truth in me from a very young age mm-hmm. because I would just continuously go back to that. There was grace to believe it, yeah, beyond my circumstances, even though I didn't understand the ins and outs of how God speaks and how He leads. There was just an organic way that He was just calling me toward Himself, yeah. And um, which segues a little bit into the fact that God can speak. To anyone, whether yeah. they're seeking to hear him or not. I mean, yeah. I was a little girl and he was calling mm-hmm. to my heart. And I know you have similar mm-hmm. testimonies, right, of him speaking yep. to you when you were little. And
0: yes, yeah. I mean, that's how I was saved, you know. Yeah. Same thing. It's like through Psalm 37. And then, yeah. of course, in the book, I talk about being in the, you know, cleaning a bathroom, you know, cleaning a toilet, literally. And I was, it was a time in my life where literally, like, it kind of came out of absolute. Nowhere, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Just how, um, how sweet it is that, um, you know, we can God can speak out of nowhere in the midst of painful circumstances. Yes, you know, even when we don't have language for it, as Mm -hmm. you were saying before, and maybe, you know, it comes full circle, you know, later Later, on. But I. I love just encourage people, even listening, just yes. that maybe even right now, just memories are coming to your mind mm-hmm. of like the way that God has spoken to you in the past, and the way that He's maybe given random visions that you thought were <laughs> out there, yeah. or like didn't make sense, but like yeah. it's so. I hope that's even just so encouraging to people now that like you truly are like this isn't a one sided friendship, like you have been <laughs> just. Such mm-hmm. a, a precious like component in my life, and like helping me. Um, as I was saying, even just hear you know clearly what the, what the Lord is saying in the moment, and um, even just helping me. Like you're like, do you see that? Do you see that that connection? And and that has been so sweet. And so I love even that did come full circle. I mean, yeah. that, that might have seemed so random to you at fourteen, mm-hmm. maybe just because you'd heard my songs on the radio, but. I love it that um, God is that intentional. And so, kind of what I I wanted to just encourage people around, you know, this theme of the already of our story is living from that place, as you were saying, of um, being his beloved, being a Christ follower, being a son and a daughter, and how that order changes everything in our lives. And really, you know, when I think back on that moment in the bathroom of you know cleaning that toilet, God interrupting the pace of my life, where I was, it was more of just a transactional relationship with God of me um feeling like I had to do all of these things for him, I knew that he had given me gifts, and you know we even said this earlier, like i I was doing good things, mm-hmm, you know, I was mm-hmm. using the gifts that he had given me to use, and I was um practically you know saying yes to things that I felt like he was in and was he using us absolutely, absolutely. but there was a first love that he was calling me back to that ordered that was going to order my life yes. and now I've seen the fruit of it and so what I love is that you know, he spoke to me out of nowhere. Again, I hope that encourages um even just one person today that mm-hmm. he can, um and he wants you to hear his voice. And we're gonna talk a little bit more just about, you know, what it what it's like to learn how, I guess, to right. hear his voice, because I do feel like we have to learn that. And I will say that that moment of him really getting my attention and that farm table epiphany for me was really the beginning of a transformational relationship that was going to be like me having a, a literally like a language with him and being able to commune with him and abide in him in a way that would cause me to live out of this place of sonship or daughtership yes. rather than that place of this orphan mentality. Or even I talk about in the book, um, what kind of would hit me first. I know it's it's, you know, we all kind of have these different patterns in our flesh these and in our have. story mm-hmm. that it's like mine was more like, hey, you gotta be useful to belong. You've got to keep doing these things to feel like you fit in this family. And for you, I know, you know, it's been more this like you, sort of you identified with that heart of an, an orphan mm-hmm. rather than living from this place of belovedness. And you're gonna be with me on the next episode of talking about those who look to him, where I give a real, like kind of embarrassing example, <laughs> but hopefully <laughs> hopefully just I'll like a it as
1: discipleship.
0: A real yeah. life example mm-hmm. of what it does look like to stop and live from that place of sonship rather yes. than this place of of being an orphan or a commodity. But I love that God is a God of order. And as we were just kind of sitting in there talking about those who look to him, that mm-hmm. chapter. I was like, hey, I feel like it would be awesome to just talk a little bit about what that's looked like for you to start learning how to live from this place of you know, being his daughter, how that's changed your life. I know that um we talked about too, just you know, you do hear from him so specifically. Um, and I think if Anyone were to hear you talk honestly when you're just flowing, they'd be like, "Whoa, she is so tight with God. I don't know how I would ever get there." Hmm. Um, but I love it how, you know, you are so quick to say like, "Hey, he's been pursuing me all this time." But also I love how you say that to hear God, we really need to be um understanding His Word and His character. You always bring me a lot back to the character and the heart of the Father. And so I'd love for you to talk just a little bit about, yes, we'll get to kind of what it's like to maybe hear from Him um, and how to position ourselves to do that. But, you know, I just think there's order to us coming back to this place of understanding Him first. I love that, like looking to Him first and Mm -hmm. then going like, okay, God, because, because You were You... Um, then I'm me because right. of trusting in you and looking to you today, and that changes everything. Um, I know it's like a massive question, <laughs> but what does that look like for you yeah. to to learn to live from that place? Right. Well, I
1: would say off the blocks. I, I wanted to go back just for a second to what you were talking about about people just having their ears and eyes open, even while they listen to this one conversation. Mm-hmm going oh you know like the bible talks about the holy spirit reminds us and teaches us and so like even right now you could just be having memories firing off of things and you're like why am i thinking about this mm-hmm. because so much of my story goes back to my recognition of god's pursuit of me um because i talked about the pain of my child bringing my you know my upbringing but there was also just a reckoning i had to do with the lord too of just getting into an older age where my own weaknesses that i was prone to were in front of me and mm-hmm. just going wow like i'm not just you know struggling because of things that happen around me i'm struggling because of my own sin and yeah, my own weakness and so as i looked back god began to unpack what he'd been doing and and you know i do I will say I do hear him really clearly and I mm. say that with total humble confidence. I don't believe though that it's because I've arrived at some mm. status of like Christianville mm. at all. I think it's oh, because man. God has known how desperately I needed his voice mm. to shift the things in my life that needed to be shifted mm. and it wasn't um it, it was just him unveiling layers of his kindness to me. Like I go back to Psalm eighteen again, because mm. it says, i I pulled you. I, I, you know, I came down. I rescued you out of many waters, and I rescued you because I delighted in you. And it didn't have like, I rescued you because of this like checklist that you had going in your life that was right, or because of this giftedness giftedness in you that I wanted you to use for me, like, He's trustworthy and he, he's not a manipulator he's not he doesn't control us he just invites us. Mm-hmm. and so as I looked back and as I got some distance between myself and some of the heartache that I was in, it just gave me a chance to unpack it and and by his spirit, like he would come over me and just I mean I sat with some amazing people, I will say I, I sat um, I had a really helpful um ministry at the church that I was a part of in Texas where I just got to sit with what I call spiritual mamas yeah. and they let me just go back to all the places in my heart that I needed to go back to mm. and they shepherded me and led me through those. So I would say like that's a, a great starting point for anyone who feels like yes. I want to hear the voice of God. I just have never been trained. I got the benefit of being trained. Mm. Um but the vast majority of it has been, you know, I I recognize my own weakness I recognize my need of Him, and I'm hungry for His Word because of that. Every time I open the Word, every time I wake up from a dream that I know is from Him because I can just sense heaven on it, Mm -hmm. every time He gives me a vision when I'm praying, like that's where life is. That's where my joy is found. That's where the circumstances of my life start to fade and where He starts to become you know, the thing that my eyes see again. And that's when peace would flood me. Like, it's like you can feel it physically, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I I have been in this place where, you know, some of you even might feel that today of like, I just feel like I'm sitting in lack today. I don't, you know, my circumstances are hard. I'm not on the other side of it yet. And mm. I'm feeling it. And I would just say to you, God sees you. He's in pursuit of you. He desperately loves you. His kindness knows no boundaries. I mean, mm. There's no reason I should even then you better should even know my name right now, except for he knew me, he saw me, he he said, you know, I'm gonna take something with your life and make mm. beautiful, you know, things out of the ashes. And um so it's been in friendship and partnership with him. And I know that's probably maybe not as specific as I could get, but mm. um I just being in the community of Of the beloved, as you would say, Mm -hmm. has been a game changer for me. Seeing a different way, um, listening to um, music that flows from hearts that I trust was a way. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think I listened to more music than I read the Word back in the day Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. That's how I got so much of my truth, you know. Um, but yeah, he just he continues to um, pursue me now, Mm -hmm. and a lot of my friendship with you Mm -hmm. is we sit and marvel at. How he speaks in the details together. I mean, yeah. we do that so often. I feel like every time we talk about something, yeah. it, it like goes to this like submarine heart level. <laughs> it's like, you know, we don't stay surface for long, just because you know there's it's just so, so much beauty to unpack mm. daily. And you know, I didn't, I didn't know that at one point in my life. And mm-hmm. it's just been proven to me over and over again. He's, he's just right here. Mm-hmm. He's right here, and. He's right in your car wherever you're driving right now he's in your living room he's mm-hmm. um I think of psalm one thirty nine where can I go from your presence yeah whether I'm in a high point or a low point you're there mm-hmm. and that's paraphrasing, but he's always there he's always mm-hmm. available he's in love with us you know yeah so I think that's probably why I was drawn to your music so much mm-hmm. is because your music um has an anointing on it that causes people's affections for God to be stirred up. Mm. And so I would listen to you sing about him and there was something in my heart that would rise up and agree with it and go, mm. I love God this way, mm. you know. And I, I would reckon that most of the people listening to that have experienced that, you know. Mm. And um just leaning into that and going claiming it, going, that's my relationship with him too, you know, it's yeah. I get to own that. The kingdom of heaven is open over me. And mm. so I could go on and on, but I oh,
0: love it. Well, it's it's just so encouraging to me because there's been many times that you know, I've had little moments with God whether it's when I'm writing a song or when I'm recording it. I've told you like sometimes during vocals when I'm singing a certain vocal, I will just and I've said that on the podcast before. Just especially the the lullaby album, there's just been certain times where um I'll just double over because it's like I feel like the Lord is saying like this is what I'm going to do through mm-hmm. this. And it's not just, um, you know, lyrics put to melody, but my spirit is going to work in people's lives and bring healing. And yeah. um, it's just been sweet to you've been one of those friends who've constantly um, just reminded me of those markers and those things that I've had those little moments with the Lord. And you're going, yeah, that's it's true and that's happening. And mm-hmm. so, um I didn't honestly know how how much I needed that mm-hmm. and I know um even just as you were saying before about spiritual mamas um there's something so sweet that I've found that happens and I may have even have said this like even recently on a on a podcast I've talked so much about the book and had so many different interviews that I can't remember <laughs> when and where <laughs> right. I've said things about about it but it's just so sweet how like um, often, you know, and it happens with Molly too, but it's just been so sweet, like in the spiritual mama world, how like that person that we've been a part of helping to just bring along, even even from afar um, yes. will come back over and, bl- and bless us or like mm-hmm. send blessing back up the tree. And you've done that so many times in my life. And even just as you said that about, um, you know, people just seeking out that I yeah. do encourage listeners just to even just to pray for that and ask yes. for God to um bring a spiritual mom into your life because that has um you know something that I wanted so desperately as well when I was you know talking about when you were younger and mm-hmm. needed that so much and um didn't really have it you know yeah. and and so I don't know if that was maybe um a part of you know, that that desperate need in my own life was maybe what God caused to sort of carve out that that space for me to for him to grow a mother's heart. In you. In in me. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, I recognize that a lot. Um one of the things that we were talking about earlier is just that, um, you know, there may be some roadblocks in the way for a lot of people. Um, I know that your story has already been super encouraging. Um just with, you know God seeking you out and pursuing you, and um, but even just as we were emailing back and forth about you know what it looks like to hear from the Lord, we were talking about, you know, that maybe we've never learned how to hear God practically. Maybe there's layers of shame that mm-hmm. comes around that, hovers around, uh, keeps us from believing that He is available. And that He wants to speak to us. Um, maybe we hear anger in His voice when we're trying to pray and connect with Him, because maybe we've, you said all this unknowingly projected human characteristics mm-hmm. on God. I definitely talk about that in the book, and s- several levels of how I projected my own bad parenting skills on Him, <laughs> <laughs> in His fathering over me, and um, or maybe just that we have a hard time believing that He. Actually, speaks to us in this day and age, and some of us have legitimately been taught that he doesn't speak anymore.
1: you know, except through his word.
0: Yes, yeah. So I would love for us to just kind of talk about some of that. I know that you've um, talked about how shame has hovered around um, when you've you know wanted to enter into something deeper, you know, and you've felt that shame hover around, and even just maybe some of those human characteristics that we project on him from that place of living like an orphan rather than totally a daughter
1: yeah or a commodity like you talked about like mm-hmm. a slave
0: yeah i mean i think
1: all of us have this you know this is the story for each one of us we're you know we're walking when we zoom out one hour through this broken world where the goal is to be reconciled back to god Yeah, and so we have filters that often happen because of our circumstances, and oftentimes those filters, if they're not dealt with intentionally, can keep us from hearing the voice of God as it's meant to be so like if you know if you've made things if you've made decisions that you're not proud of mm. and you haven't taken that step um, to walk in freedom, which you know is no further away than simply confessing yeah. what happened? Um, to the Lord because He He already knows it, mm-hmm. um, and and then you know which that step of confession just like lifts the burden off, yep. and then taking it a step further saying I repent of that Lord I don't want to do that anymore I don't want to be that way Would you help me, mm-hmm. and then just receiving Him you know like it's just the doorway to freedom and and so often we've been taught that we have to sit in the shame you know we've we 've either been taught that or that 's been spoken over us, or that 's just what we 've experienced, and we 've never taken a step to go maybe that 's not how God treats me mm-hmm. and I know that that had to be very intentional for me and it came through the body um I was in church, and so I had um people around me confirming that you could be loved in spite of your circumstances and that they wouldn't shame you or wouldn't be you know, belittling you because of what you've been through and Mm. discounting you or counting you out because of what you've lived through. And so that goes for choices that were made outside of you, and that goes for choices that you've made. Yeah, Um, that's good. Yeah, and then also, I I listed anger. Maybe we hear anger in His voice, but that could also be anything. That could be accusation. That could be disappointment. That could be, Mm. you know, we our first experiences of hearing um, come from, humans normally i mean unless you just have this you know amazing story of like dreams which god has done with me he's literally i think sometimes knocked me out cold so he could speak to me because i was just so hard-headed about things <laughs> but you know like um we can often project the way people have spoken to us so like when we read the the word and he says something like repent for the kingdom of god is at hand we can hear it like you better repent because mm. the kingdom of god is coming after you. Right. Or we can hear it like Come on babe, like let's get this out cuz I'm close to you. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. You
1: know, like there's two ways of hearing and so I remember reading the word back in the day and just hearing god sound like a stickler, like mm. almost like he had like a like a rod, like he was going to smack me with if I didn't do yeah. it right. And um I I think that the reason that I was able to throw that off was because I was just confessing that to a sister one time, just going, mm-hmm. I don't I I don't feel like God speaks to me like you're saying that He speaks to you. Like it sounds like He's more close with you than He is with me. Mm-hmm. And um that's obviously not exactly how it was phrased, but that was the point. And yeah. she was like, Well, maybe, maybe you're projecting something on God that's not true of him. And that's I was good. like, Oh. And so just even telling God I want to hear your voice how you would say it. Mm-hmm. And and you and I both know this from experience, and I know so many of you could testify this way too, but His voice is so much more generous and extravagant and kind than we tend to think it is. Mm-hmm. We could walk with God for a month or 100 years and still not be able to unfold all the layers of kindness mm-hmm. because it's actually His kindness that leads us not to repentance, not His, right. you know, like harshness he's not harsh Mm -hmm. he's not harsh that's how i would hear god i would hear him harsh Mm -hmm. um but not anymore he he loves on me so much sometimes that it's like it's almost like a little like makes you squirmy because it's like you know i'm just not in my human Mm -hmm. um body able to like hold and contain all this you know and um And But that's not just me. That's every single person listening to this. Mm, That's how the Father speaks to you. He gushes over you. He delights over you. He treasures you. Mm. Um, He's crazy about you. Mm. And so, um, and then, you know, like we said, there could have even just been lies spoken over even our ability to hear the voice of God these days. I recently heard John Bevere say something I loved, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to very much paraphrase this, but Mm -hmm. it was so profound um and resonated with me and i believe it will with with you too but um he was talking about how you know there's some people who who believe we we read the bible only and there's some people believe who believe god speaks through the holy spirit <laughs> he was really funny the way he said it he was like if you're only a holy spirit person holy spirit person and you don't reference the word and you don't stay grounded in the word in that order of things you're going to be weird. <laughs> you're going to turn into a total weirdo. He didn't say total weirdo, but I'm paraphrasing. Right. And he goes, and if you are only a person who reads the Bible and you never listen for the voice of God, you're going to be very dry. Mm. And so he said, the Word of God is meant to reveal the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is meant to reveal the Word of God, and that's how the relationship between those that's two awesome. works. And I just thought, man, that is such a profound yet simple and true way to explain that. And, mm. um, you know, so God is alive and active. Um, he he's speaking every single day. Mm. I'm convinced of that because I've experienced it in my life. I've experienced mm. it watching your life. You know, you were talking about how I help you go. Wow, he's saying this over you, isn't he? Yeah. And I've witnessed it on you. I've witnessed it on mm. everybody that I'm close with. Just getting to hear the ins and outs of what God's speaking, and so it, it's been proven to me over and over. And like you say, it bears fruit over time. What He says to us, if it's 10. Him. It bears fruit, which results in obedience. Mm. It results in um, a warmth and a tenderheartedness toward the things of the kingdom. Mm. Um, it it helps us away from our hardheartedness toward others and toward the Lord, or you know, turns us away from judgmental thoughts or toward shame from shame or um, anything we could name that we may feel stuck in. The fruit of hearing Him speak to us will. Turn us away from that and bring us into a place of freedom and wholeness. Yeah, and so, like you were talking about in your book, you know, like the the fruit of you walking in step with the Spirit all these years Mm. after hearing God say, "Here's what I'm calling you to lay down," has borne itself out, right? Mm.
0: Yeah, I just think about the fruit of even just the you know I talk about that farm table epiphany Psalm 37. And even just that first thing that he he hit me with that day, even just the one phrase, "Just enjoy me, mm-hmm. and I will give you the desires of your heart, even just you know just that one thing yeah. uh, if you know, and there's obviously he's spoken to me millions and billions of yes. times since yes. then, but even just the fruit of of that playing out and just what that looked like in my life, and then you know. You know, would you trust me with all your dreams and your plans and your longings what if you just hit the bullseye you know and I'll show you this I'll come through and you know just the fruit of even that and I think about how that's and I've said it so many times like just the fact that I've had 15 years since then it's maybe even been over 15 years but (laughs) um, to just watch the full circle moments and the him you know teaching me that was just sort of the beginning even though you know, I was in my early 30s, um, and of course, I was walking with the Lord. Right. But it's like deep calling into deep. It was like He was calling me into a deeper yes. understanding of what it looks like to live from this place of belovedness, and really how that could play out um, for the rest of my life. It's why I talk about just how strategic He was in that moment to bring me back to my gospel story. Yes. Like we were talking about that in in the living room earlier. Mm-hmm. Just that's really what it is. Is like oh. I can live from this every day of my life. This is the foundation. This is the foundation, moment by moment. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just for eternity. But the crowning glory of our gospel story is that we are reconciled to the Father right now. And that is the already of our story. And I hope that you've been so encouraged today. This is sort of, I feel like, part one. (laughs) Um, Because I'm going to have you back for the next chapter, which is those who look to Him. And as I said before, just kind of getting to like, Talk about what this looks like practically, okay? Yeah. So for real, like um, sometimes we wake up and we have mess-ups and yes. we have to just start over. Oftentimes. <laughs> Oftentimes. Yeah, and, if you we're know, real. And, and having mm-hmm. the community of the beloved, like we're doing right now, and yeah. we do through text all the time, of yeah. just like... You've there been many of times like, hey girl, I need to confess something. I said this. I need to go back on that. Yes. I need to repent of that, and it's just so refreshing, right, mm-hmm. to just be walking in our gospel story yep. together. And so we're going to talk about a little bit more just just some of those practical ways and bringing in some scripture about you know mind on the spirit versus mind set on the flesh and what that looks like, and it brings us into this spacious free life that God has provided for his daughters and his sons, his beloved. And so I hope you've just been so encouraged today right where you are, that God is pursuing you. He loves you. He's speaking to you even now, and that you can hear from him and that um, He's with you, no matter what the circumstances. And He can break into any moment of our life. And um, He is, we've talked about John 1010, that He does want His sheep to hear His voice. And I pray that even today that you've heard from your shepherd. And I look forward to the next episode with my friend Megan here. And I'm so glad you guys have finally gotten to meet her. You will hear more from her in the future. And I'll talk to you all soon.